0: You got that rocker MJ in the house, otherwise known as Marty Janetti. You know how we do rock and roll, starting to and, and we're doing it right here on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Keep on rocking. Yo, this, this, no, no, chance still wanna take what's mine just too frail. Hey yo, this, no, no, chance still wanna take what's mine no, 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 just too frail. Hey yo, no, no, chance still take what's just too frail. Hey yo, no, take what's mine just too frail. Hey yo, no, no, chance still has just too frail. Are you ready for war? Then bring it on. My craftmatic like a stripper. When it's out, you throw your cash at it. Hope I on not back at it from the hash and grass at it. I spit in mad rap it like I took a bad package You pay holes with the drummer, I easy pass at it. But when it's time a bad habit, let the mac at it. Welcome, everybody, to the WWE rundown. I'm your host, Troy, and I'm alone. That's right. Um, yeah, I want to thank Jason for holding it down last week. Uh, of course, I am not fully healed uh, from what did he say I was doing again? Probably shoving something up my ass. Uh, so if my if my voice sounds a little off, I apologize for that. Uh, I'm going to try to make it through this without uh, any kind of coughing fits or anything like that. So, um, but. You know, we want to keep bringing you our shows. And uh, right now it's been a little bit difficult to get us all together, uh, which is, you know, something that that tends to happen when all your hosts are, you know, uh, family men or, you know, guys with with careers. You know, we try to get everyone together. We try um, our hardest to give you you know, what, what you're looking for each week in our shows. Uh, but sometimes it just doesn't happen. Now, Jason had, um, a situation again where, you know, he, uh, he had to deal with something, uh, with Jackson, his son, which, you know, is, it's always our motto here that our, that family comes first, you know? So obviously no hard feelings at all for him. And, uh, I miss you, buddy. I do. I missed you last week too. I was uh I was pretty bummed that we didn't get another uh horse cock and uh hot sauce in the morning. But I'm here this week. Uh sans horse Horsecock. Which Yeah, never mind. I'll roll with it. Uh, John is off. He uh is dealing with uh with work being crazy right now. Uh the AEW boys are off doing their show on Tuesday. which is another reason why. Uh, I'm here by myself. And, uh, Ginger. Kind of there was about you. We miss you, man. We do. We really do. So... I'm going... I mean, it, obviously, this is going to be a little bit of a truncated episode. It's always going to be. You're not going to get you know, two hours of me talking about raw SmackDown and extreme rules. Um, but you'll get me at least talking for as long as my voice holds out. And as long as I can, can keep talking about things. So, um, I apologize if this isn't really your thing, you know, it's fine. Go ahead and, and, and skip to the next one. If if you, if you don't like a solo Troy episode, I get it, dude. Um, But I do have some things to talk about. Um, First, starting off with, uh, let's get through some of the news. Uh, Not a whole lot. Uh, We heard that Jake the Snake Roberts uh, was seen in a wheelchair during a recent appearance for fans uh, with an oxygen mask on. Now, uh, it it sounds possibly like the wheelchair could just be from uh, foot surgery that he had. Uh, but the auction mask is due to COPD, which is something that he's been dealing with for quite a while. Uh, and, of course, if anyone doesn't know, it's uh, a chronic lung disease. And uh, it can be treated, but not really cured. So uh, with somebody like Jake, who already has sort of that history uh, on him that his, his body is pretty tore up, uh it's it's a bummer to to hear that he's wheelchair bound hopefully he'll be able to recover enough to get out of that um and uh but i mean obviously you know uh everything aside with the the whole you know fake war that the fans have um anytime you have somebody who you know you you grew up watching and being entertained by who's an, in that position where you know they're in a wheelchair or dealing with COPD or any of the other issues that Jake has had, you know, your heart goes out to them. So, um, hopefully quick recovery on him. And, uh, cause we need him back. Cause he is actually one of the, one of the things that I like about AEW, uh, is, uh, their use of managers. It's, it's sort of something that, you know, WWE has gone away from, uh, a lot of places, honestly, have a lot of, I've gone away from it. And it's kind of a lost art. You know, NXT uses them to great extent, and then you've got Paul Heyman, and that's about it in WWE side. So, uh, MVP, yes, but he's also a wrestler. So, yeah. Uh, hopefully you uh, you get back in that ring soon. Not to wrestle. Just back in the ring to talk. Uh, the other bit of news is that Ronda Rousey and Travis Brown welcomed their first child together. <laughs> a daughter, whose name is... Oh, boy. Uh, so, I've kind of gone on record before and saying that, uh, you know, celebrities tend to name their kids weird-ass shit. This is not the case, uh, because Travis Brown is Hawaiian. Uh, he went to name his daughter a Hawaiian name. Now, I don't want to butcher it, so instead I'm going to let a computer butcher it. Uh, so, her name is... I hope that there's a a nickname for her because is a mouthful. Uh, So the middle name on that is more of the traditional uh, Hawaiian where there's not a direct correlation between their names and English. There's not really a lot of English translation. Now Maakia, which is her first name, uh is, is a name that's is, is pretty popular in Hawaii. Um I believe it is what did I see that her that her name stands for? It was uh Sacred Light. That's what it is. Our holy light. Um, which is really cool. That's a it's a good name. Um like I said, it is one that is um you know, pretty pretty normal name in Hawaii. Uh and again, the fact that uh, he was able to honor his heritage with with the name is great too. Um Like I said, uh this is gonna be a, a real rough episode for me because um Uh, a good friend of the show proceeded to uh, try to throw some Spanish at me later on. And uh, I'm by a lot of things, but lingual is not one of them. So uh, we've had a lot of talk of ratings again. It's, it's been this constant thing that, that uh, AW fanboys and Dave Meltzer and a lot of the media likes to harp on is trying to gauge um, a metric on how, popular a brand is, how popular a show is based on TV ratings, which in in, in 2021 even a show that is strictly on TV, okay, so you still can't gauge how popular that show is based solely on ratings. Because there's so many so many things that 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 doesn't take into account, you know, not just how many people are actually watching, how many eyes are actually watching. We've talked about the ratings before about how it's it's ridiculous to sit there and, and point to, oh, they have more of this audience in this age range. So they're somehow winning. And remember, this is something we never used to do, you know. We we never we never heard about the demo. We never heard about you know, oh these ratings plus DBR plus you know same day all this other bullshit. Like there's so many people that obviously will watch it illegally. There's a bunch of people that will share their passwords on things and watch it that way. There's a bunch of different apps and different ways that you can watch uh entertainment without tuning into a Nielsen broadcast TV. And that's the problem is that Nielsen has, as we said before, a set number of people and they extrapolate data from that. So, um, they'll look at it and go, okay, so we've got like, uh, 15 black males that have the boxes and then we'll extrapolate their data. And like, well, if, if that slice of it, what is watching this show then we can use the law of averages to say that this many people on total Americans watching are watching it. And that's not fair. It's not an accurate way to get a to get an idea of anything because you're looking at specifically people who buy who, who sign up for Nielsen, who sign up for the consumer panels. That's a subset in itself, you know? (laughs) Like, I'm not somebody who does that. So anything that I watch is not counted, you know? Um, And so often I don't watch live. So there's a lot of other things you have to look at, especially nowadays. You have to look at all different forms of media and the impact that they have. And when you look at, YouTube views, and Twitch views, and Twitter mentions, and Twitter follows, and everything like that, because of the fact that WWE is a global entity, they're going to get more regardless. And to try to claim that only America matters in terms of the ratings is one incredibly uh, I want to use the proper word, because it's not racist. But it's uh, naturalists? I, I'm not sure. It's, it's the, I, this idea that like America is the only thing that matters and everything else doesn't. Like That's wholly wrong for one thing. But you look at it as like, okay, well, like I said, it's a, it's a global company. So, you know, you can go to India, obviously. You can go to Japan, to Russia, to Saudi Arabia, to all over Brazil and Africa and the UK, and you have WWE fans there. And you go to those same places and you you might have some AEW fans. It's true. Because, you know, people are gonna find a way to to watch things no matter where they are. You got VPNs now that could put you literally digitally anywhere. And so you've got it where as a as a company as a whole, and again, they're publicly traded, so we can see their numbers. We see that they're not dying. We see that they're not impacted by uh, a, a U.S. competitor um, doing good. And this idea that like everything they do now is a, is a result of AW is bullshit. And I think part of it has to do, and and I I've said it before, in terms of. Like sports, everybody wants to anoint whatever they're watching as the greatest thing ever, or they want to want to anoint this like the the whole like Jordan versus LeBron thing in basketball, you know, or <clears throat> like Alexander Ovechkin versus Wayne Gretzky in hockey, which doesn't really happen all that much, but it's it's there. It's this idea that people want to be part of something special, so. You get these fans who are like, oh my gosh, I was part of this, the Monday Night Wars. Like, I was, you know, I chose my side and, and, you know, I, I live or died. you know, I won the war because WWE survived and you died. And they want to do, they want to do that again. They want to feel that way again. And the people who weren't actively a part of that want to be a part of that because those people talk about it so fondly. So they, they created this own little bourner. You know, and this this is the thing. When I was growing up during the Monday Night Wars, I didn't pick a side. I watched both. I was a WWF fan. I was a WCW fan. I was flipping back and forth. Okay, and I wasn't alone. Let me tell you that it, it, it's very clear. But you know, I grew up on the NWO and DX. And Mike Enos and the Hardy Boys and Harlem Heat, Ravens Flock, and the Ministry. I grew up on both. And again, I find myself in a position where it took me a little bit, but I realized that why wouldn't I still be both? You know, and and it's not just both, it's I'm a WWE fan. I'm an AEW fan. I used to watch Impact. I I don't anymore because of what happened with it with AEW. I'm a stardom fan. You know? And that's fine. Like I just I just enjoy wrestling, you know? And I don't like the fact that we have to continue to compete back and forth. And that these people feel the need to belittle Something that I enjoy so that they can feel better about the thing they enjoy. And that's bullshit. Why do you, why do you, why go out of your way to make people feel bad for liking something? Just because you don't or because you believe that there is this war which isn't happening. We keep hearing it. That all these people that are leaving WWE and going to AW, it's oh yeah, Vince gave his blessing, said go ahead and go do your thing. Like, does that sound like a war? Did you did you ever have General Washington turn around and and talk to a guy, and he was like, you know what, kind of feeling the other side, and he's like, you know what, go ahead, man, cross that enemy lines, go go fight for the other team, no. That's not. That's not how a war works. WWE versus WCW was a war. They were literally trying everything they could to steal people from each other. That's not what's happening here between WWE and AEW. People are choosing to leave and go elsewhere, or they're choosing to stay, or sometimes that choice is made for them because they are released. You know, we've only had honestly what four or five people who have voluntarily left WWE and went to AEW. Everyone else that's over there was fired or wasn't currently employed by them. And I think that needs to be shown as well. You know, that needs to be taken into account as well. That of course, WWE, if with, with somebody, with Daniel Bryan, with Adam Cole, they turned around and said, you know, we want you here, but, if you don't want to be here, that's fine. Go ahead. Go to AW. Do your thing. Because they're not worried. And, you know, you're starting to look at it too where, you know, like look at the at the Rampage ratings. And because of the fact that people can't just admit that, like, AW is not going to do good on a Friday night. They can't look at that and just be like, "Yeah, you know," but it's a place for people to work, and it's a show that I enjoy. The fans themselves that continue continued to boast about ratings are clearly not watching the show, or not watching it live at least. And so you sit there and you have these articles come out where it's like, "Oh, they had a really good first hour, and then the second hour they kind of dropped off." But we're not going to talk about that. Well, yeah, it's a two—it was a two-hour show, so you do have to talk about that. You have to. You have to average them both together because it's one show. If you had a bunch of fans that stopped watching in the second half, and if ratings matter so much to you, then what does that tell you you need to do? You need to book a better show. You know, there's so much fluctuation in the AEW ratings week to week based on what they put out there. And that's where you start to worry because if they. Don't have a card that can draw people in, most people won't watch. And WWE, no matter what they put out, people are watching. And you can sit there and you can slam it all you want, but it's working. And I keep seeing these articles of, oh, AEW had, you know, 58 minutes of wrestling in a two hour show, and SmackDown had 25. Yeah, SmackDown had almost three times as much as many views as you did so clearly that wasn't an issue for people clearly that that wasn't that big of a deal for them to not have that many matches because like it or not like yeah i'm a wrestling fan but i enjoy promos you know i enjoy people fucking talking to each other and saying incredibly important things and and so to me yeah, if I get to the end of the show and I go, oh, you know, there was only four matches. As long as I enjoyed it, it doesn't. I don't care how long it was, you know. So, to me, I don't know. You'd have to kind of look at it and go, yeah, you know what? You know what? Whatever they're doing over there is working for them because they've got those return viewers. They've got two million people watching every week. So you know, but again. Just like what you like, you know? If more people could stop with this silly war, and especially stop going after people on the internet because they don't agree with you, that is the most childish shit I've ever seen. But we do have a show to talk about before we get into the view. So, SmackDown, which was the go-home show for Extreme Rules. And uh, Becky started off the show her and Belair had a little back and forth, and uh, the only thing really that I took out of this was Belair had a great line where she said, "Mania," uh, she headlined WrestleMania in just a quarter of the time it took Lynch to do so, and she won an ESPY for it, and I think that that's great because not only is that more in line with Bianca's entire character, where yes she's a face, but she's cocky as hell. Now personally I think Bianca is better as a heel but whatever we'll get you know we'll see what happens with her Uh, so they did get a little bit of tussle and Bianca got to stand tall which of course instantly makes you go well she ain't winning that title (laughs) so Tony Storm is apparently a groupie for Shinsuke Nakamura now which I understand and I think actually her, Boogs, and Shinsuke together would be an interesting duo or trio, sorry, duo, Jesus would be an interesting trio but then they have Shinsuke and Boogs come out and Tony Storm's nowhere to be found so, yeah uh, Shinsuke had a match against Apollo Cruz. he beat him to retain the IC belt because we can't get that belt booked on Extreme Rules apparently <sighs> Apollo, again, is in that situation where now that his storyline is over, he's ice cold. And that sucks, because Apollo's really good. I like him. And Shinsuke is really good. Now, you can say that Shinsuke should be in the main event. Um, You know, we did try that. And he is... He is over for sure, but it's so difficult right now because I don't see them building him up to take down Roman. So maybe if he loses uh, that belt, or if that belt and uh, Damian Priest get swapped in the draft, maybe then you can see a situation where you know, Shinsuke eventually gets brought back up to the to the main event but i think this is kind of shinsuke's you know deal and right now he's sort of getting he's, he's working on getting rick boogs over and maybe tony storm i don't know we'll see they're sort of doing something with her there which i guess is better than what they've been doing with her which is fucking nothing but yeah you know, we'll see montez ford gets a chance to remind everyone he how great he is He drops a promo on the bloodline and uh, calls the Usos the bloodline bitches. We cut over to Reigns and the bloodline bitches and Reigns wants to prove that Ford is a future star by having a match with him. Which of course I'm down for. Heyman goes to talk to Adam and Sonia and he wants to know where Brock is being drafted to. But they won't tell him. Now, if the draft is a legitimate draft, now we know it's not, but kayfabe wise, if they, they pretend to have it where Fox and USA are making the picks again, this segment makes zero sense because nobody has picked anything. yet. Like if they're doing it like they've done in the past, um, they'll they'll make it where it's these are the draft picks coming in from the network executives. If not, and they're instead doing it where, like we saw it before, when it was the McMahons in charge of everything, and they've already made all the decisions, then, like, I don't know. I guess it depends on what happens this week uh, and next. Depends on, on how it looks, but it, it's it's weird that he's like trying to get it out of them because it's like the, it, it's essentially saying like they've already made those decision, decisions which, because of the fact that the two of them are not like brand specific, that they're working both shows, it makes no it, it takes all the kind of heat out of the draft because it's like, well, it, it's not you're not stealing from another show or anything like that you're not like trying to grab their top people you're literally just like sitting down and being like, okay we're going to move this handful of people to the other show and this handful of people to the other show, and we're going to bring up a couple of these guys from NXT, and then we're good. And it's like, I don't know. Don't call it a draft then. That's not a draft. That's a superstar shakeup, or that's a, a rebrand or something like that. You know, that's, that's not a draft. So, I don't know. It was probably just nitpicking, but you know. Rollins was edge to admit that Rollins is better than he is. Uh, next week, Edge will return. And Rollins wants him to admit defeat. So about that whole edge is taking a couple months off thing. Shocker. Not true. Liv Morgan and her nipple clamps beat Zelina Vega. Or at least she would have if not for Carmella. Because even when they're trying to push Liv, they still have her lose. I don't know what eventually they're going to do with Liv. Because I don't see a clear path for her to the main event. Quote-unquote. You know, Liv is one of the most people, if they had a, a mid-card title for the women, please don't, because you barely can book, you can't even book the fucking tag team titles. Don't ever make a mid-card women's title. She'd be perfect for that. But they don't have that. Hopefully they're not ever going to have that. And when you have the top so heavy with Charlotte and Bailey and Becky and Sasha and Asuka and Bianca and Rhea, you start looking at it and be like, lady, no matter what show you're on, you got three to four people in front of you. And I like Liv. I like her a lot. But I don't know that she is ever going to be the focal point of anything. Maybe eventually she gets a win. Money in the Bank would have been a perfect uh, vehicle for her. But we won Nikki Ash, and we saw how well that, ha- that worked out. She got a short title reign, and then now she's a tag team champion. So, I don't know. I honestly don't know what you do with Liv. You know? I mean, you keep her around, obviously, because she's very young. She's got a lot of talent. But I don't, she doesn't have that, like, main event quality in my mind. So, it, maybe I'm wrong, though. You know, I mean, if you, if you feel different, my Twitter's right there. You know, talk to me. Corbin hosts Happy Talk. It sucks. Because his first guest is himself. Yay. No one's interrupts. But is jumped by Riddick Moss, who is somehow still employed. So Corbin again has henchmen. And Owens again is stuck in a meaningless feud. Like, why? I know people are looking at this and saying, Oh, they're just they're just having him fuck around right now until his contract is up. Wouldn't you try to do something with him before he leaves? Or try to keep him around, maybe? Like, is the, the decision isn't made yet, right? I mean, he might say, yeah, I'm probably leaving. Take that opportunity to try to convince him otherwise, you know? Push him to the top again. Or help him on a little bit. Push him up to the main event again. And get him get him his, his fucking paycheck, you know? And turn around and, and use that to get a little extra money off AEW. I don't know. Just do something with him. I love the guy. Nikki Aish beats Natalia. Why is this still a thing? Meanwhile, Tegan Knox and Shotzi are, I guess, playing with Shotzi's heart shaped nips. Because, eh, doing fuck all else. Please, just go away. Like, go away. Naomi asks for an open challenge, but Sonya shuts her down then Naomi asks for a match with Sonia and I gotta say it moved a little bit now Sonia oh sorry <clears throat> sorry <clears throat> um I want Sonia back in the ring I do but again snail I'm sure the match should be good. Sonya's really good. I want her back in the ring. And I like this kind of fight. And if this whole Naomi thing is either leading to Naomi joining the bloodline or leading to Sonya getting back in the ring, I'm down for either or both. The main event sees Roman Reigns beat Montez Ford, but of course Montez Ford gets an opportunity to look fucking amazing. And he did. He honestly did, and loved it. Loved every second of it. Eventually, uh, sorry, brother, but you gotta go solo. Like, I like Dawkins, but he is sort of weighing him down at this point. So, we'll see. That took us to Extreme Rules. We had the following people participate in our predictions poll. Myself, Charlotte Squirt Cam, Adam the Demon Lair, John Not-Dead-Venric, soon to be recognized as Dr. Runo Tomas, PhD, God's Juggalo, Rimu Gendru, David K., Jeff's Ghosts, Jason, and again, I apologize for this, De la tu cuipo alegría de coloco. Que tu cuipo es para darle alegria y cosa blanca bueno. De la tu Jesus. De la tu cuipo alegría de coloco. Hey, de... de coloco. Ay. That was the worst. I'm, I apologize for that. That was a macarena, by the way. That was the worst. Uh, again, I don't speak Spanish. So. Anyways, on a pre-show, Liv Morgan and her tit clips defeat Carmella. And everyone, except for Charlotte Squirt Cam, got a point on that one. All assuming that Liv Morgan was going to win. And you know what? Charlotte Squirt Cam, I don't blame you for picking Carmella, because it's Liv Morgan, and they don't seem to ever want her to win. So, But, she got the got the W in this time. Uh, the New Day beat AJ, almost, and Bobby Lashley in the We can't figure out a way to get the WWE Champion on the main card here, so we're just going to throw him into a six-person tag match. Of course, nobody got a chance to get any points on this one because it was announced the day of. So thank you, WWE, again, for that. Um, Highlight to me on this was Kofi Kingston pretending to be AJ Styles while Styles was doing his entrance. Hilarious. Um, it was a good match you know who knew that the good brothers were holding AJ back so much because once they were gone honestly AJ was much better and when AJ there was one the AJ John Cena feud was probably the only time that AJ and the good brothers were really entertaining together otherwise they just were kind of nothing um, almost as doing much better he is much more. He's much better than a lot of your. Just big towering guys could be. He's not the greatest. But he has a lot of potential. And they book him well. And of course Bobby Lashley is. Bobby Lashley. The Usos. Defeat the Street Profits to retain. So. I guess we should be done with that right. Uh, Charlotte. John, Gods of Juggalo, Remo, David, and Jason all got a point for that one. For the Usos beating the Street Profits. I don't know what you go from here. I don't know... Again, just just like I don't know who's going to dethrone Roman, I don't know who's going to take out the Usos at this point. Like, they're tag champions. And the fact that the Bloodline have those three belts is great, and it goes to show you, like, you know, how dominant they are. It's the only thing with, like, adding Naomi is, like, then that would mean you would have to have Naomi take the belt off of Becky. I don't. I know it doesn't mean you have to, but she, if she's walking around there without a title, and the other three have titles, it sort of devalues her. Uh, now, if you're not going to have that, then we don't have any need for Naomi to win the title again. But yeah, another great match. I mean, all four of these guys can can definitely get it done. Um, yeah, just in general just a really, really fun affair uh, Charlotte beats Alexa uh, then after the match, tears up Lily Charlotte well, I mean, Charlotte scored, can picked pick herself, so uh, Adam, Dicoloco, Guzzajuggalo David and Jason all got a point for that so Alexa, by the way awesome ring gear, she was back to her normal ring gear, except it had play and pain written all over the ass cheeks and top, uh, I liked it. Now, I already saw people were there were outlets saying that oh, this is Alexa getting written off TV for a while, or she's you know gonna get repackaged because Lily's dead or like that. Again, that's all just speculation. Nobody fucking knows. Uh, if they do kind of bring her back as more of the original Alexa, I'd be more happy with it because this character has really run its course. And, yeah, Alexa is... We need the Five Feet of of Fury back. Or something new. Damien Priest beats Hardy and Sheamus, and everybody wins. Not just us fans, but also everyone that was in the prediction poll. Priest won with a roll-up, because, of course, he did. Uh, The other highlight of this was Sheamus doing Jeff Hardy's dance on the top ropes. Um, Again, Sheamus is... He's low-key one of the most entertaining people they have in, in in on WWE right now. Priest again looked good. Um yeah, more more on him I guess uh, over on Raw. And then we got to the last two matches. Becky Lynch retains after Sasha Banks returns and attacks Bianca, and then takes out Lynch as well. So personally, I would have said Bianca won by a DQ. But WWE lists this as a no contest. And I think the... I think the announcer said it was no contest as well. So that means, just like Dusty says, nobody wins, baby. Nobody wins. Yep, nobody gets a point for this one. Because there was no winner. Now... Of the four horsewomen of the of NXT, Banks and Lynch are probably the duo that have interacted the least amount, I would think. Uh, obviously, Banks and Charlotte are always a big thing. And, uh, Bailey and Banks. And even Bailey and Lynch had a thing for a while there. So this is kind of, you know, the uh, the one that we don't see as much, but I'm interested in it. And, uh, Bianca still gets an out. She still looks strong because she essentially it looked like she was going to win that match. Uh, she wound up hitting the KOD and it was like, okay, here we go. She's going get, to gonna get the title back. So it'll be interesting to see if they do like a triple threat thing going forward with these three or if they kind of shoo Bianca out of here or what happens. But we'll see. And then our final match, Roman Reigns versus the Demon. And Roman Reigns retains after the top rope snaps during the coup de grace. So everybody gets a point, except for me. Nah. So, yeah. Um, they did a lot of supernatural stuff with us. And I saw I saw there were some people talking about, towards the end, uh, because the Demon really dominated this entire match, uh, the Usos kept getting involved because it was an Extreme rose match. He winds up, like, taking them both out. He gets speared by reins. And then the lights turn red. And he sort of, like, acts like he got defibrillated. And then, you know, the lights come back on normal. Then they go red again, and he flops around again for a little bit. And then finally they stay red, and he goes fucking ham and winds up taking one out. And that's when he goes to the top rope. You can already see that top turnbuckle, as soon as he steps on it, is about to pop. And then it does, and it gets speared by Roman, and Roman retains. Now, obviously, um, this was a an ending we haven't really seen before. Somebody winning because they took advantage of the ring breaking, because it's always sort of been like, everyone's sort of like, I don't know what the fuck we do, and then just do the normal you know, finish of a match, or, or some kind of hastily thought up way to finish a match if the ring breaks, or We've had the no contest where the ring has fucking shattered because the big show got super flexed right up like that, which still makes no sense, but whatever. So it was new. Um, Again, I like to point out the fact that, you know, the people making fun of him for flopping around a little bit are also the same people that are like, I love the Tarzan kid and the fucking guy in the dinosaur mask who eats leaves and reads bedtime stories. Like, yeah, w, uh, not W. wrestling can be silly sometimes and it can be entertaining. And like, yeah, this, this spooky stuff is for, for some people is a big turnoff, but like I said, most, most of what I see is just people just fucking trying to find something to hate on. Um, but I thought for a guy like Finn Balor, who was largely forgotten before going back to NXT. It was great to see that WWE had so much faith in him that they would do this finish to protect him. So, liked it a lot. Um, A few too many fuck finishes for an Extreme Rules pay-per-view, where you literally had one match that ended in no contest and the next one ended with the ring breaking. Um, But it wasn't a terrible pay-per-view. Like, the match quality was there, you know? Um, pretty much everyone except for Liv and Carmella put on a good show, you know? Liv and Carmella's match was a little slow-mo-ish and just kind of there, but it wasn't a pre show. But all the main, main players in this performed very well. And... It was... When you leave a, a pay-per-view and no titles have changed hands, that always kind of gets me as like, a eh, okay. <clears throat> like you, I don't know if I'm just conditioned to expect it at this point that we're going to get some kind of title change. But, yeah, you know, it is what it is. So there was that already going against it for me of the no title changes, but also the fact that the big thing we got was... Sasha Banks returning, and that was about it. Was, you know, it, it, I wouldn't put it as my least favorite. Definitely not my favorite, but, you know, it's middling. So, on lines there. So, for the predictions, uh, I did fucking terrible. Uh, I had two out of five correct. That's bad. Uh, Jeff had three. Bruno had three. Uh, Remo had four. El Dico Loco. John, Adam, and Charlotte Squirtcam all had four. Jason, David, and Gods of Juggalo had a perfect five out of five. So congrats, gentlemen. So then that'll take us over to Raw. Now, Raw started with Bobby Lashley vs Biggie for the WWE Championship. And towards the end of the match, Biggie spears Bobby outside the ring, and he lands at the feet of Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. And they both have their Hurt Business shirts back on. Biggie gets back in the ring, and the New Day attack Cedric and Shelton. And then they get in the ring, and they cause a DQ finish. So, first, we get... The Hurt Business is back together. Now, I'm not going to sit there and bitch about they should never have broken him up. Because clearly they had an idea on what they were going to do. They wanted Bobby to go by himself with, with, MB- with only MVP. Um, now that he's lost the belt, he's got the Hurt Business back. I feel like there's a story that you could tell there. Whether they do it or not, I don't know. But personally, I feel like there is a story to tell where it's, you know, Bobby won the championship without them, but he also lost the championship without them. And it's like, you know what? Maybe I do need help to get my belt back and to keep it, you know? There is a story to tell there. Now, that's not one they're going to tell tonight, but you know, there is one that you could. So, I'm happy to see the her Business back together because Sheldon and Cedric did fuck all all they were gone. And uh, I think it's a good team. Um, I love the fact that this first segment featured six African-American workers. That's great. And, it, again, it just goes to show you that, you know, representation is important. You know, and it's a big thing right now because you literally have three faces and three heels. And this, this show in particular, um, had a lot of representation because next matches, Angel Garza, Carrillo is part of it. Ricochet, Reggie, uh, Akira Tazara, Zara, Keith Lee, Damien priest, you know, uh, gender veer, Shanky, Mansoor Ali, like a lot. It's great. Um, and, and I'm happy for it. And it doesn't, it, again, it, I've said it before, it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like this is WWE being like, we're going to push these guys because of their race or because like we're, we're trying to show diversity. They're pushing these guys because they're worth pushing and because they're really good at what they fucking do. So, speaking of, Angel Garza uh, takes on Eric. I wish they gave him a last name. Is it so hard to just call him Eric Rowe? Uh, Garza winds up winning thanks to Umberto Carrillo. I love Angel and Carrillo together. I think it's great. I think this that Carrillo's heel turn has given him so much more personality than he's had. And it really freshened him up. And made him important again. And Angel Garza kept wondering... Why the fuck are they not using this guy? Because he's so good, he's so charismatic, he's a good looking dude. Like he's got all of those things that he checks off all those boxes. And so we're finally, looks like, even if it is just a take team, we're finally getting going. Now we're not sure what's gonna happen at uh um the draft. I'm assuming we're not breaking these two up already, but right now, like eventually you're gonna need a tag team to hold those belts because RK Bro is—it's not something that's going to be around for a long time, you know. Because those guys are both main event singles guys. Uh, Riddle, maybe we'll see, but uh, for sure, you know, Randy Orton. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. A twenty four seven title match between Reggie and Ricochet ends in a DQ. I'm sorry. The 24 7 title match ended in a, in a DQ because all of the jobbers came out and attacked. Like, are you fucking serious? Ricochet, of course, you know, continued to show that he's a really good wrestler. He just can't act or talk very well. Reggie continues to do shit that he shouldn't be able to do. Um, but he looked great. So, I liked it. I yeah. I I, as much as I enjoy the flippy shit that Reggie does right now, why can't we trade this title back and forth for a little bit? Reggie holding it for so long, but like not really, actually like hitting anybody. Like he did a little bit of offense in this match, but most of his stuff is all centered around him just running away from people. (sighs) I don't know. They need to do something with it. Akira Tozawa gets on the mic and says he wants a match with Ricochet, with Reggie, with Drake Maverick. He doesn't care. Just as long as he gets a match. And that is answered by Keith Lee. Now, Keith Lee comes out in uh, still the singlet top, uh, but now he's got some shorts on him. Which again. You know. I don't know why we can't just have him. Come out in his normal stuff. But that's fine. So Keith Lee. Comes out. And they call him. Keith Bearcat Lee. And. He has. Oddly enough. He has like. Crispinwa scratches. On his. Tights. And as uh, he's wearing black, he's got pink claw marks across it. Just like we used to see with the uh, Canadian gripper. Uh So I know a lot of people were already like, oh my god, I can't, they're calling him Bearcat now? What a stupid nickname. Not one single one of those people realized that it's an homage to Bearcat Wright. Now, if you don't know who Bearcat Wright is, uh, do yourself a favor and do some fucking research on it. Because again, like Keith Lee called it out where he's like, everyone making fun of the fact that I'm calling myself Bearcat are ignorant. And that's not like a, an ignorance as in like a, yeah, it's an ignorant as in like, you clearly don't know why he's getting called that. And like, it's the information is out there. Um, he is a WWE Hall of Famer, Bearcat right? He was a uh, black wrestler back in the um is it fifties and sixties and seventies and now he was he was billed as from Jamaica because of course he was because it's you know wrestling back in the fifties and shit in sixties but um yeah he is a former WWA world heavyweight champion which of course at the time was a big thing you know, with the fact that he, um, you know, was, was black. Now, he got into a bit of a trouble because, you know, he didn't want to relinquish that title after the fact. But, yeah. But, again, he was, yeah, he was a draw back in the 70s. He was, or 60s. He was an African American who was doing it in a time when not a lot of African Americans were doing it. And yeah, he he is somebody that it makes a lot of sense for Keith Lee to look at and say I want to pay homage to him because without him, you could arguably say it's harder for the the, the next generation after him and the next generation after him and down to Keith Lee to be able to break into the business and be treated like an important part of the show. So I, for one, I'm hundred percent down for, for him paying homage to Bearcat, right? I am down for him coming back as a heel, even though Bearcat was more of a face for most of his run. Um, but he could make that part of his character as well. You know, he's a bad guy, sort of taking the name of somebody who wasn't. This match was exactly what you would expect it to be. Uh, He just threw Akira around the the ring and pinned him. But Keely is back, which I love. And uh, he's got his facial hair back, which I'm so fucking happy he does. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with him going forward. Damian Priest and Sheamus got an Extreme Rules match. I don't know why they just did this without Jeff Hardy. <laughs> but I guess it was because Priest rolled him up, which, again, is just like, all right, so that was clear there to set up this match. Uh, but Damian Priest does retain, uh, continues to look very strong. Sheamus you know, puts on a good match. Uh, Priest and Sheamus, just two big guys, fucking beating the shit out of each other. Gotta love it. We had a six-man tag match as Jeff Hardy, Mansor, and Mustafa Ali took on Jinder Mahal, Veer, and Shinky. And amazingly, Jinder and his Goonies won. Huh. So remember how I said before about how, you know, none of the African-American talents or the Hispanic talents felt like they were pushed for with an agenda? Yeah, that doesn't apply to these three because we know Saudi Arabia, Saudi Mania is coming in you know, two weeks from now. Yeah, there's a reason why Jinder won this match. Thankfully, he's that going as champion this time, but yeah, he'll be, he'll be featured there. Karen Cross took on Jackson Riker, beat the ever living piss out of him. So much for that uh, Jackson Riker push. Uh, again, you know. Cross with his outfit is what it is. The helmet is dorky, but it's becoming less and less offensive each time I see it. And honestly, it's probably something that eventually they'll transition away from. uh, And we'll see what happens with them. But yeah, so I, this was nothing, nothing that fucking managed to me. AJ Styles took on Riddle and wound up beating him. Randy Orton was, I guess not here. So we're continuing this feud. Styles and almost and RK Bro. Who knows? Maybe we'll maybe we'll get those those, those teams split up and we won't have to do another another tag title match between those two teams. Not that it wouldn't be an entertaining match. It would. It's just I want feuds to be done. You know? When they're done, I want them to be done. You know, title changes hands. Then, like, you, yeah, you can go ahead sometimes and throw a rematch in there, have the, the new champions win it, and then move on to something else. Charlotte did an open challenge, and Dewdrop answered the call. Uh, she got to look pretty good out here. And then, Evan Ree gets the distraction, and Charlotte gets the win. Uh, afterwards, Dewdrop beat the piss out of, Char- of Evan Marie. And then, Evan gets on the mic, and starts fucking flabbing gums, and out comes Shayna Baszler. And Shayna proceeds to beat the ever-loving piss out of Eva Marie, and apparently has a full-on face turn, because she took out Nia Jax, and now has taken out Eva Marie, and the fans are going fucking nuts for her. I, for one, as you people know this, nah, that wasn't a derogatory. you people, that was a are lovely fans I'm a big Shane baser mark I'm a big fan of hers I am interested to see what happens if when she as she is as a, as a face uh, but it'll be interesting for to say the least and it, she's not doing anything differently other than just attacking different people so because she still acted very much like a heel fucking trying to break even Marie's arm but yeah, turned around and got cheered for it because, of course, it's even marine. So yeah, very interested to see what happens from there. Uh, so, despite what Meltzer reported about banned words, Goldberg says he will kill Bobby Lashley at Saudi Mani. Goldberg. <laughs> so again, Meltzer also reported a couple months ago that Goldberg vs. Bobby Lashley for the championship was going to be at Saudi Mania. Yeah, that didn't happen, did it, asshole? So, nope, just Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley in a normal match, which is exactly the way it should be. Now, if Bobby Lashley loses to Goldberg at Saudi Mania, who gives a shit? Like, he'll be fine. Goldberg is not, he's not taking the title off of anyone. He's not, you know, nothing like that. If he gets a win at the fucking Saudi show, who gives a shit? Most of you people are going to claim you're not watching anyways, so if you didn't watch it, did it really happen? The Last match of the night, Big E versus Bobby Lashley in a steel cage. Of course, that steel cage didn't didn't prevent some shenanigans from happening outside because the New Day and the Hurt Business get into it. But Big E winds up beating Bobby Lashley to retain his title. Now, personally... It looked to me like Big E was having some boo-boo face for a while. So I was kind of thinking that they were going to put the title back on Bobby Lashley. And when you did have beforehand Goldberg saying he's going to kill him at Saudi Mania, you're like, really put this fucking title back on him, I'll give it to him. But no, Big E retains. And after the cage lifts and and uh, Lashley gets out of there, Drew McIntyre arrives and he points his sword, the metal one, not the flesh one, at Big E. And it looks like Big E already has his next feud lined up. And it's not Bobby Lashley even though the Hurt Business came back and it seems like that 6-on-6 stuff would, you know, matter. I almost wonder if they're not going to turn around and move uh, Lashley off to SmackDown. Maybe with the Hurt Business and maybe Move the two other members of New Day over there with them, so they could continue that feud with Biggie by himself again on Raw. I don't know. We'll see. We're gonna have a big show, not the big show. We're gonna have an important show next week because we're going to have all the draft results. Because obviously, this Friday is the uh, the SmackDown portion of it, and then Raw will have the rest of it. And uh, it has been reported, not by WWE, but by um, some people. That uh, I actually believe when they say things. Let's put it that way. Um, that NXT, that there are going to be a couple NXT people pick, uh, chosen in this draft. Now we talked about it at length before about the fact that a lot of the times, other than that, other than the Finn Balor one, uh, NXT wasn't something that you could take people from. In you know, like it was like okay, well. Carmella Alexa like before was but since they had them when they were actually like a part of the draft that one year when like they were trying to be a third brand they haven't done too much of it where it's like the draft picks are NXT people so I'm curious if we are actually going to see that or if it's just going to be after the fact have some fucking debuts or whatever like that but we'll see and we'll start with Friday so I'll be it'll it'll be interesting to see if we hear about anybody backstage at Smackdown or anything of that uh, as possibly a call up so I think that's all I'm going to be able to uh, muster up on this one. Uh, I'm sorry if this was uh, hellaciously boring for you guys. Uh, it's just me talking for an hour, um, but uh, I hope that uh, not only can I I start feeling normal again next week, but that I will have Jason back or maybe somebody else. But we'll see. And uh, be sure to check out AW Rundown, which will be dropping about the same time as this, and uh, NXT Rundown, which will be coming on Thursday, and we might have another show this week making a return in a way. But uh, you'll have to be a fan of us and subscribe to us to get what that is. But until then, we will smack your ass raw next week. Bye-bye! See what? See what harm you? Hey yo, no, no no chance in hell. Take what's mine, you're just too frail. You can't beat me, you ain't got no chance in hell. You can't see me, you ain't got no chance in hell. No, no chance chance in hell. hell. Take what's mine, you're just too frail. You can't beat me, you ain't got no chance in hell. You can't see me, you ain't got no chance in hell. Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling follow us on twitter at rundown network like us on facebook at facebook.com slash rundown wrestling email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundown wrestling at gmail.com or go to instagram or youtube and look for rundown wrestling follow us on twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundown wrestling and you can also follow our host adam on twitch.tv slash the salzer effect this has been a rundown wrestling network production